0: Oh, hello. It's me, Sam, and this is my podcast. Thanks for being here and listening. I'm just a little bit irritated. This is one of the hardest parts about my job is that, um, love their hearts, all due respect. My patients are 85% geriatric. And when I, by geriatric, I mean like, 80 and over older. <clears throat> and so, sometimes I try to like be responsible and plan my days before the actual day of and like call my patients and schedule with them so that I can know what I'm getting into when the day starts. It's a bad idea. I know it seems like a good idea, <laughs> like you don't want to start your day without anything scheduled. But what I have found is, so on Monday, I actually, um, every two weeks on Monday is the first day of my new pay period. And so if I am able to, I usually end up taking like a semi-mental health day um, and just like catching up on things for the kids and schedules and paperwork and phone calls and scheduling appointments and any paperwork that needs done or any work paperwork blah 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 so I usually end up spending um like that every other Monday doing that and so on Monday of this week I did call and schedule quite a few appointments for today you know again trying to be responsible trying to um yeah, it doesn't work out. Like it just didn't work it doesn't work out. My people my my people are old and they forget and they don't write things down. Bless their hearts. So yeah, I just experienced a, what I kind of knew might happen today is that I had a scheduled appointment this afternoon and they're not home. And you know where they are? They're probably like at Wendy's having chili without a care in the world. Love their hearts. Um so yeah, I don't get paid. I surely do not get paid when I miss it when I miss contact with a patient. So it's a little bit f- frustrating. I'm going to go on to my next one that I scheduled on Monday and we'll see if they remember that I'm coming. Probably not. This is why I end up like I said, I end up starting my day by like just calling in the morning and scheduling for same day visits, which maybe seems like Disrespectful to ask for a last-minute visit from a patient, or to wait—like maybe it seems irresponsible—but if you work in the world of the of the geriatric, you know what I'm talking about. If it's not happening today, it's probably not happening, or at least they're not going to remember that it's supposed to be happening. So, anyway, now I have some free time, so I guess I'm going to um, probably try to get some lunch. I'm going to tell you this in full disclosure. I actually recorded an episode this morning. And I I think that I have to maybe not record in the morning anymore. Because that's when I have my coffee. And it was very, like, fast talk. I don't think that I breathe for the entire hour. Like, I just rambled and talked and rambled and talked and there was there was an okay train of thought but it was a little bit all over the place and I wanted to clean it up a little bit for the first time in 40 episodes today after listening to that one I was like man I actually wish that I had access to like or knew how to do some editing or how to like pull bits and pieces of that episode and maybe kind of cut other parts of it because it was okay there were some parts of it that were good and there were some parts that were like for some reason I started talking about how I don't like horses at one point I mean that's like it was just all over the place so um yeah I'm gonna try I'm what I did was I listened to it I pulled like a more structured outline to hopefully stick to that I can uh do a new recording so you're welcome it would have been difficult for someone on a good day to keep up with my um, with my ramblings so that's what happens when you don't drink caffeine you cut caffeine completely and then you have a a tragle travel I can't even talk a travel mug of coffee and then you try to uh do a recording it just ends up being a little bit chaotic so like I mentioned had a mental health day on Monday also just took a nap make fully full disclosure I know some people probably have a problem with that like well here's two things I, my children were at school in daycare I'm gonna be honest about that 100% um, there's two factors to that factor number one is that I pay for four days of daycare no matter what like, I could have kept my babies with me, um, and, and, but I would still have to pay for that day. So, I kind of feel like that's a little bit, that's wasteful to not have them there on the days that I'm paying for. Factor number two is that there's a lot of things that even though I wasn't out seeing patients on Monday, there were a lot of things that I was doing, like, on the phone and on my computer that I needed to be able to focus on and even though I'm not going anywhere like I still needed to be able to give my full attention and if you know anything you know that you cannot do that when you have kids in your house (laughs) like there's no way and also I really have been trying to work on um, like being more proactive about self-care and about just like kind of listening to my body and and when I'm tired trying to rest I I don't know like what the actual diagnosis is because it's all kind of vague but when I was growing up I had mono I had Lyme disease yeah that's right I had Lyme disease when I was in third grade I think I've talked about this before I don't really know what it what it is like do I still have it or did I have it I don't know um, I, I don't know. There's all these support groups. I probably should try to talk to somebody and figure out if they know what <laughs> if they can tell me what's going on. But yeah, I had Lyme disease. That was fun times. I, uh, I've had mono. I've had diagnosis thrown around of like Epstein-Barr syndrome. I've had chronic fatigue syndrome thrown around. Basically, I'm just tired like all the time. I mean, I could take a nap like on this street that I'm on. I mean it's there's no issue for me ever to be asleep. Um and thankfully I just have a lot of willpower and I just push through it and I and I do what I need to do and I'm really super motivated to get things done. But um there have been periods in my life where like I my body is just kind of shut down. Well, I remember after my first couple of quarters of college I came home for like Christmas break and I just slept for like three days straight. I didn't move. <laughs> And so Monday was kind of a day like that. My baby, the um, the baby had been up Sunday night. Um, he ran, randomly pooped at some point in the night and like woke up because he was annoyed that he had a poopy diaper. It was gross. So I had it was up with him and and then just wore out from Halloween and the weekend and and everything else that was going on. And so yeah, took that day to myself. Kind of. I mean, I did like I said, I did work and I did, but I did take a nap. Um, and then yesterday was another, uh, another day that my children's school decided to just give them the day off. These kids hardly go to school. I'm telling you right now, like they always have days off. I don't know how they learn anything, but it was election day and their high school is a polling place. So they, um, they didn't have school yesterday. And so we had, uh, you know, as, we, as you do when you're a working mom and you, on a weekday that you can't work, you schedule all the appointments, all of them. <laughs> so my son had a doctor's appointment. I just want to give this information. He would kill me if he knew I was putting this out there on the interwebs, but, um, internets, podcast world, whatever you want to call it. But I, you know, if this can help somebody to avoid having to make a doctor's appointment and paying a copay, then I, w- I want to help out. He um, is 11. He'll be 12 in a few days, actually, and he had one of his uh, chest area, nipple area, was kind of swollen and a little bit was bigger, like, like a little bit like bigger than the other side, and he's, like, thin. I mean, he's not, he probably has, like, 2% body fat, if that, um, and so it's not like he's carrying extra weight. There was definitely something going on there and when I called and scheduled, he was flipping out. I was okay. I was like, let's just see what happens. I was okay. He was losing his mind, essentially accusing me of being a neglectful parent because I wasn't, um, scheduling a doctor's appointment for him as quickly as he felt like I should. Uh, so I finally scheduled an appointment. He got in on, on Tuesday morning And when I um, talked to the nurse to schedule, she told me that it more more than likely was just hormonal. And I felt confident in that explanation. But, of course, you know, my son was like, I want to see the doctor. I don't like it. And we got to figure out what's going on. So, we went ahead and went to the appointment. And sure enough, just as a, a, like I said, a heads up to anyone else who's raising boys. um, It is completely hormonal. There's um, estrogen in boys, just like there's testosterone in girls. And so there's receptors in the chest area that are trying to figure it out. And so sometimes those receptors will swell or they'll move to the other side and swell. Yeah. So basically he's going through puberty. Great. He's about to become a even bigger monster, <laughs> but I told him I was like congratulations most boys grow like armpit hair you're growing a boob way to go (laughs) he was really excited about that no he's uh he's fine I was you know what it is it's like you want to blow it off but then you also am like I'm like terrified that he might have breast cancer or something and then I'm like as soon as I blow it off it's cancer as soon as I blow it off it's a tumor and then it's then that's on me then I gotta accept that I've had friends who've like and this is something I would do they would be like my arm hurts my arm hurts my arm hurts like you're all right put some ice on it like you're fine put some ice on it and then like a week of the kid complaining you're like gosh if you'll shut up I'll take you to the doctor it's broke it's a broken arm yeah so he feels better I feel better we're all uh, squared away with the uh, swollen boob situation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, if you know him and you see him in public, please don't say anything or I will forever be just hated. Hated more than I probably will be in these future days of puberty and teenage life with him. Um, so, let me, let me consult my list because I've kind of been doing a little bit of work between my last uh mention here oh I did want to say this is just also some information um I took my two-year-old that was the other appointment that I had on Tuesday I took my two-year-old to the dentist and she was a rock star like laid back in the chair let the hygienist clean her teeth pick around in there floss them she loves brushing her teeth like if anything I'm having to keep her from wanting to brush them all day long she's obsessed with it she loves it she lets me brush them she tries to brush them herself um, so she laid back in the chair for the hygienist and the dentist came in and checked them. Um, she was a rock star but I told my dad that I had taken her to the dentist and he was like why would why did you take her to the dentist Here's the thing. Did you know that dentists recommend for children to be seen at starting at age 1? I think most people know this, but my dad did not. And so I thought, well, let me just go ahead and say this just in case there's anybody else that does not. Yeah, starting at age 1, I already have an appointment scheduled for the baby. He's got more teeth than most of my kids, I think. He's got a ton of teeth already. So, yeah, starting at age 1, get your kids into the dentist. It's a money racket. We all know that. But I like to be able to check that box and say, that's something that my mom was religious about. My parents, there, were, there was not a day past six months that we weren't sitting in that chair getting a cleaning done on our teeth. Uh, she was, it was, it was in, it, there was no, no getting around it. And so that was kind of instilled in me about getting regular cleanings. Do you think do you think that I follow through with it and do it as an adult? No, absolutely not. You know why? Because every time that I go in as an adult, I'm like, of course, I have another cavity. Of course, now I got to schedule a time to get in and get another filling. But in my mind, what I'm thinking is, all I really want to be doing is having you give me more braces. I need braces. My teeth are so jacked up. So, I just get annoyed. Like, I don't want to be here for a cleaning. I want you to give me braces. Come on. But they're so expensive. I can't afford braces. Are you kidding me? I did have braces growing up, and then my retainer broke. And back when I was growing up, the the dentist didn't, like, it wasn't like an automatic thing. That you had your wisdom teeth out. It was like only if it actually affected the growth of your teeth. Now, I don't think there's a kid walking around that has wisdom teeth. I think they jerk them out at the first sight of them. So, I had all my wisdom teeth. And I think that kind of, you know, jacked my teeth up. My retainer broke. I never got a new one. I blame you, Deb. I'm just kidding. I don't. (laughs) I blame myself. I probably could have been a little bit more proactive about getting a new retainer. And, uh, my teeth wouldn't be so jacked up, but they have, consi- they have gotten steadily more jacked up over the past 10 years. And I'm confident that that's because of my wisdom teeth. I've had two wisdom teeth out. No, 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 Yeah. I've had two wisdom teeth out. Have I had the other two out too? I can't remember. But, um, yeah, I had them out awake. I'm a real hardcore, hardcore lady. Just like that. I didn't have any sedation just had them numbed and jerked out mostly because I, I'm cheap that's what it comes down to I'm cheap I don't want to save money so anyway let me not get sidetracked so we went to the dentist and we did talk about that also I wanted to give an update we have been um, going to the YMCA consistently we've gone we went I don't know how many times three times last week and then this week we've gone twice um, it's been really good. So what I'm saying. It's like, I wanted to talk about this, That, and I don't know if anybody else does this, but whenever I encounter something, I love it when I get my mail and there's no bills. It makes me so happy. It's like the highlight of my day. <laughs> um, you know, whenever I encounter something or have something come up that's difficult or Like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, and so I'm kind of anxious about it, or I'm nervous, or I'm scared, or really any of those emotions going into something or a decision. I just avoid it. I just hardcore ignore it. I ignore that it's an issue. I ignore that it's something that I need to deal with. It's a bad quality. I get it from my dad. I blame him. No, (laughs) it's a really bad quality, and I'm fully aware of it being a bad quality. But it just—that's just what I do, and I, um, you know, I need to work on it, and and i am working on it. I'm always working on something. But anyway, so when it came to the why and like working out, that was definitely something that I was really nervous on, like how it would go. I hadn't been in quite a while, and how would I feel and it would be too hard and so I didn't want to do it and I was just really putting it off but I think I mentioned my son is wanting to run track in the spring so this is kind of a way um, that we decided instead of doing a sport this is what I talked him into at least (laughs) because I needed a break from running to practices every single night and he did too. Like they just get, kids get wore out. Like he's 11. It gets kind of intense once you get into junior high and he really just needed a break and so did I. Um, but what I told him was that I thought it would be a good idea to, um, to not like totally neglect himself through the winter because I don't, didn't think that that would, bode too well once track started and so that's why we've been going to the y so him you know wanting to train essentially to stay in shape for track has been my motivating force to get back there so do what you got to do like use your kids if that's what you need to do to motivate you to do something <laughs> but um i'm walking into my house that's why i've got all this crunchy leaf noise you better believe i don't rake leaves out of here. Um. So yeah, I'll get last night it's been really good. It's this is the thing. Like I was saying, just just do the thing that you're afraid to do. Just try it. Just try it one time. And what I have found is that, at least for me, I always build things up to be a lot more. How do I say this? Like a lot more overwhelming or a lot bigger of a deal than what they actually are and so going to like just as an example I mean going to the going to work out last week and now we've gone two days this week like I just in the going those few times I feel like completely confident to continue to go I don't feel any like anxiety it's kind of like a band-aid like you don't want to pull the band-aid because you know it's going to hurt when it pulls all those little teeny baby hairs out of your arm, but like you just have to rip it off and do it. And then, um, and then you realize like it really wasn't that big of a deal actually. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yesterday was pretty fun. We went and I really. I will go in and just do my own thing, but I also do like sometimes to go to classes. So if you've never given classes a chance at, at your workout, wherever you go, or if you go to the Y, here's my here's my encouragement to uh, to check out a class. Um, because sometimes I just don't want to think like, I just want to have somebody tell me what to do and I do it. It's a full hour. There's no breaks. It's usually a really good workout depending on what class you're in. But, um, I really like to ride bikes. I used to ride a lot when my daughter was a baby, especially, and I was home during the day, we would go on really long bike rides. I'd pull her in the little trailer, baby trailer thing. And, um, I've done a lot of different cycling and spinning classes and stuff in the past. And so usually the one at the Y is like just some bikes, like in a circle with the instructor and they plays music and he tells you what to do. But this one, my YMCA stepped it up. It was like legit, like an actual cycling studio. We had a new place open up local here. I'm never going to have a membership because it's expensive, but they did offer some free classes for like their grand opening. And so I went to some of those and it's it, the one at the Y was almost exactly like that. Like these bikes are connected to a screen on the wall and it shows you like your bike number and your speed and like where you're at with everybody else. And Um, the instructor is like up at the front on a riser and you know, the music and the lights are off. So you can't really see anybody else. I mean, you can see them. It's not like pitch black, but I mean, it's like, I don't know. You can just kind of get in your zone and like do what you need to do. And then, you know, it's, he does give you some instruction on like turning up the tension and turning it down on your bike or standing up or sitting down or whatever, but you can pretty well like I don't know what I was saying. Anyway, try out the cycling spinning class at your your local workout location if you haven't done that yet. But anyways, we got there yesterday and uh I was actually just interrupted by my 11-year-old. He got, just got home from school and um I saw that they, like I was looking at the calendar and I saw that there was a class that would, was just getting ready to start when we got there and I was telling my son like, let's go to this class. You'll really like it. You'll like. You know it's fun, and he's like, "No way! I'll be the only guy. I'll be, there'll be a bunch of old people." I'm like, "I'm telling you, you won't. It won't." I didn't know. I was just trying to convince him to go to it. So initially he said no, and I was like, "Whatever, fine." And then he said yes. I'm like, "Okay, let's go." And uh, poor guy, I look over like 20 minutes through, and he's like, beat red, sweaty face, <laughs> and he's like, "Is this a 30 minute class or an hour class?" I said, "Oh no, no, it's a, it's a full hour." He was like, no way. We got to get out of here. We're going to leave at 45 minutes. And I was like, well, we'll see. We'll see how you do. Well, then like he powered through it. He got to the 45 minutes. They actually ended it like 55 minutes because they stretch at the end or whatever. But, um, and then he was so pumped. He was like, I did it. It was awesome. Um, he was like, has the app on his phone now. I'm pretty sure we're scheduled to go to a cycling class on Thanksgiving morning. I don't really know what's going on. He's all about it. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Like, you know, I had that same feeling towards exercise. He had that same feeling about the cycling class, spinning class. And I think there are so many things in our lives that we come across that we just feel like overwhelmed, whether it's health or relationships or stuff with our kids or finances or our job or whatever it is. And so we just avoid, like we just avoid forward motion in our lives because we're afraid of what the outcome might be now could I have gone to that class and like struggled and not have been able to complete it yeah sure but like just take a step take the step and at least go at least get up at least go on a walk at least have the conversation at least take the initiative to rip off the band-aid and make, have forward motion, um, in your life. I said on Instagram the other day, like being stagnant is not for me. Like I am always trying to move forward, to make forward motion. It's very slow. Like I'm 36 and I'm still not healthy. Like I want to be, but, um, you know, and I don't have great relationships and I'm not the be- world's best mom. Like I'm not done. I'm not accomplished. It's slow forward motion, but it is at least forward for the most part. I mean, I think we all step back here and there, but, um, uh, and make mistakes and have, you know, I've talked about like with dieting and in health, like I yo-yo and have yo-yoed for years. Um, but I always feel motivated to like get back, um, up and get back out and get more at, become more active. And so that's what I want. That's one thing I wanted to talk about was just, you know, just take the step. I wanted to say to you as a side note, like, I know that there's been, um, like maybe over the past five years, six years, there's been like this real push of like, accept your body, love yourself, love whatever size you are. And like, you know, Dove Soap, you know, has all the different shapes of women a lot of times in their commercials and their advertisements. And other companies have in, implemented like plus size and, and different size women as models. And I think all of that is absolutely wonderful. But I think as a unfortunate byproduct of that whole campaign and push um, is that a lot of women are sitting telling themselves that it's okay that they're unhealthy because they love themselves and they love their size. And I don't agree with that. I don't agree that that's okay. And I don't agree that, you know, that it's okay to say, well, it's, it's okay that I'm obese. I love my body. I'm, I'm content with where I'm at. One thing that Rachel Hollis, um, has said that I really agree with, I think it was in her book. Um, but what she said is, you know, you don't have to be a certain size. You don't have to be a certain weight, but you do have to be healthy. And, you know, maybe you aren't like a size two or a hundred, you know, maybe you aren't your perfect ideal weight and you're over that or you're under that. But as long as you're healthy, I think that's the key. And that's where I'm at. Like, I know for me, being overweight is not healthy it's not something that I'm going to be able to physically sustain into my 40s and 50s. I have at least 30 years of work left and at least 17 to 18 years of parenting that, you know, even if I don't have any more children coming to my home. So yeah, I want to be able to physically show up for the next 30 years and not be like in pain and on medication and, and having to deal with doctors and all of those things. So for me, like I could say like, I love myself. It's not a self esteem issue for me. Like I don't need to be thin to love myself. I don't need to lose weight to be confident in who I am. I want to because I fully like acknowledge and believe that I am not healthy, um, at the weight that I'm at right now. And I have made choices that have gotten myself to this point. And so I want to make progress to get myself back to a healthy level. Um, so yeah, that's, I just wanted to say that cause I don't want people to think like, oh my gosh, Samantha is caught up on her weight and why does she make such a big deal about it and blah, blah, blah. For me, it's like a, it's a spiritual issue as much as it is a physical issue. I really, truly believe that God gives us a body and he gives us a body to, to serve him and to be, for me to be able to serve and to be as as effective as I can, I need to be healthy. I'm the only parent that my children have. You know, my daughter has a relationship with her dad, but my oldest and my babies, they have nobody else. (laughs) Like there's nobody to fall back on. If I end up sick or I end up, you know, with a broken hip or, uh, you know, whatever, like I, they don't have anybody else. So I, I feel like not only personally do I feel very motivated to be healthy for myself, but I also feel very motivated to be healthy for my children. Um, if I can't work, we don't eat. Like there's no other income. There's no other, nobody else to contribute to their parenting or to taking care of them. You know, my parents are designated as like their caregiver in the event that I were to die. But outside of that, like, they both work, there's nobody else that can step in. um, If I'm not able to take care of them physically or work, you know, for whatever reason. So that's where I'm at with that. Like, I just wanted to be clear that that's kind of what my motivation is and I'm not like wallowing and I don't hate my body and I don't any of those things. I just really believe that you have to be healthy. Like that's, I think, like a mandatory, like, (laughs) you know, and whatever that looks like, it looks different for every person. For some people it looks, yeah, like it looks different for every person, but I think you have to be healthy. I think you have to make steps forward to be healthy. So whatever that looks like for you. I'm sure it looks different for you than it does for me. But yeah, I just encourage you, like, if you're scared about running on a treadmill, just do it. Just do it one time. And if you only run for a minute, like maybe tomorrow you'll run for a minute and a half. Um, If you're scared about taking a spinning class, just go. And like, if you can't, turn up the tension because your legs are sore, just leave it low and just get through the class. I think the thing for me when, especially with, I mean, this applies, I think to, um, you know, like the whole idea of just making a first step forward applies to way more areas of your life than just health and, and wellness. But for me in that area in particular, like, the most exciting thing for me is uh, trying to do something that I really feel overwhelmed with or afraid of and then seeing like how I'm able to do it and how my body is able to make improvements and accomplish those types of goals. So my son and I are scheduling a race in the spring and like I have never run a race. I don't run what do they say? Like if I, if you see me running, you either, you probably should run too because I'm probably running away from something really bad, but I don't run, but I do want to do it. Like that's one, a goal that I have is to run in a race with my son. And so we're going to schedule to do that in the spring. And that's super scary for me. Like I, I don't, I need to start getting on the treadmill and running more and getting, you know, trained for that, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So, um, yeah, I'm home and came upstairs without my notebook. So I'm going to wing it because I think I have one more thing I wanted to talk about that kind of goes along with that same idea of taking a step forward. But my pastor on Sunday, he, (coughs) excuse me, he, um, I mean, I had the baby with me, so I heard bits and pieces, and I had my daughter, my seven-year-old with me. So, but I caught, I caught most of it, but at one point, what he was talking about was that, um, you know, you have to, if you have goals, if you have things that you want to accomplish in your life, you have to have a plan to accomplish those goals. One thing that like, is if you've ever listened to anything, Rachel Hollis, um, which she's an author, if you're not familiar with her, um, just had this book that came out, girl, wash your face. Um, I'm going to be doing a book review on that soon. But one thing that I'm just pushing, like all kinds of Rachel Hollis propaganda (laughs) today, she says some good things though. There's some, I wouldn't like Anyway, I'll get into that with the book review, but she says some really good things, and one of the things that she says is that hope is not a strategy, and I really, really love that. I just wanted to pass it on as encouragement and then also include the thing that my pastor said. I'm going to get back to that, but hope is not a strategy, which essentially I see as hoping to be healthy, is not a plan. Hoping to have a better marriage is not a plan. Hoping to instill, um, a love for Jesus and people and my children is not a plan. I can hope all day long for my house to be cleaner, but if I don't get up off my tail and clean my home, or if I don't have a plan (laughs) to get laundry done and folded and put away, it's not going to happen. And so I think that's what, um, what she's saying there. And then my pastor on Sunday during his message, he kind of hit on this, um, this topic as well of essentially, you know, if you have things you want to accomplish, like I said, you have to have a plan to be able to accomplish. You have to actually do something. You have to you have to not just say, this is what I would like to see happen. You actually have to make action and do the thing that you want to see happen. And so one thing he said that I wanted to pass on that I, it really like caught my attention and in my ears, like, I was like, that is exactly like I needed to hear that. And, um, but he said, you know, what you don't want to happen is that you go from a point of your life where you say, I want to do this. I want this to happen. I want to accomplish this. So then you get past the point of being able to accomplish those things. And now you're saying, I wish I would have. I wish I would have done this and that. I wish I would have done these things that I wanted to do when I was younger. I wish that I would have accomplished um, the goals that I had or that I would have taken the first step or taken any step to accomplish these goals. And I thought that would be for me like the most tragic thing that could happen that I could get to the end or near the end of my life and say, Oh my gosh, I wish that I would have taken the time when I was younger to be healthier to take better care of my body. I already feel that way like I wish that I would have in my 20s and in my early 30s even been more proactive about being healthier and not being as overweight as I am. Um but I think that would be like I said that would be a really tragic thing for me and I I think that if anyone I mean I would think if anyone were to get to that point um it's not so much a, for me. It's like, it's not about not having regrets. I think regrets, Jill and I have talked about this, like one of the other guests that I had on a while back, but I think having regrets sometimes is, it can be good. You know, having, a having something to motivate you to do things differently, having something, um, to motivate you to do anything. If you've not done it before, if you have a regret of not doing it, I think can be good. I think, what it comes down to is not wanting to get to the end of my life and feeling like I wasted my life. Like I didn't take full advantage of every single day, um, and doing things that, you know, serve my serve God and serve my family and serve my children and, and take care of myself. So that was really the only other thing that I wanted to just encourage you to consider. You know, I think like even with my kids, you know, I could say, I really want my kids to love God and serve God and serve other people and have a confident relationship with Jesus and understand what that looks like and what prayer is and what Bible reading is and things like that. I could say all of those things, but if I don't take action and like implement practices in their lives, that's not just going to happen. It's not just going to magically happen. And what what will happen, though, is if you've looked at statistics, children who, you know, become adults and go to college and even as young adults, the, the statistics of that age group no longer going to church is really super, super high. And what usually happens is it isn't until they have their own children to where they start feeling like they want to get back connected with a church. And I don't want that for my kids. I don't want them to miss out on five or 10 years of school because, or I'm not, I'm sorry, not of school, but of church and, you know, having that communion and, and fellowship and things with other Christians. I don't want them to miss out on that time because they didn't have the foundation or they didn't, when they didn't go, it didn't feel like anything was missing from their life. I want it to be like a, like a regular normal part of their life that if it's gone, it feels like something is missing and they don't want it to be gone. And so what I have to do then is I have to Make sure that they are exposed to the Bible regularly and that we read the Bible every day and that I pray with them and that my son is on a reading plan on his phone and on his Bible app. You know, just things that I'm trying to do as a parent to um, to just take steps, not, not to just have goals, but to actually take steps towards, towards meeting those goals and... <clears throat> You know, I I think it's hard. Like it's it gets to be bedtime and I'm like, just please close your eyes, you know, just like just good night. Like, just go to sleep. You know, the day's over, it's late, we've had a long day. So to do like baths and teeth and pajamas and diapers and bottles and then to get into bed and then on top of that to read and pray, like it can get late and it can be exhausting and it can drag out, but if I don't do those things, if I don't take the steps, you know, they get some instruction in church and then there are little classes and stuff, but outside of that, if I'm not doing it at home, they're not getting it anywhere else. Um, I could have a, I could really, really hope to have um, close friendships and good relationships but if I don't make the effort to initiate conversations and interactions with other women and other, you know, to build friendships and to build a community, it's not just going to happen on its own. Um, again, uh, this is, these are not my words, but hope is not a strategy. I really, really love that. Like, I feel like I want to write it everywhere, like have a plan, take steps, know that things are not going to happen on their own and you have to have, um, you have to have a plan to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish and you have to actually do, you have to do, (laughs) has to be action for, uh, to accomplish those goals. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of been on my mind lately. Like, you know, I want to, there's like tangible things. Like I want to clear out a lot of things out of my house. I've talked about this about like purging. And so I've been doing that. Like I've been taking steps towards clearing out clothes and donating and boxing and bagging things up and getting them out of here. And I just, you know, I want to say too, like, just to, I always kind of try to give this as a caveat and clarify, like I don't have this figured out. Like sometimes that this is one of the things that's hard for me is like, Sometimes I listen to Rachel Hollis and I'm like, does she have everything figured out? Like her parenting and her health and like her morning routine. Like everything she does is on point. Really? It just feels a little bit overwhelming. So I'm here to tell you, like, I'm the uh, I'm the Rachel Hollis reject. Like, <laughs> I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all together. I definitely there are for sure nights that I'm like, I'm done with y'all kids. No Bible story tonight. It's too late. Go to bed. And I feel guilty, but it's like that happens. That's just real life. Like I'm just being honest. That's, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's just, just want to move forward. Want to make forward motion. Don't want to be stagnant. Definitely want things to be improving. One thing that, um, I've had a couple of adults in my life who have said to me that like they are who they are. I hate that. I don't ever want to say that. Like I am I just I am who I am. No. I am who I am and I want to be better. I want to be a better person. I want to be healthier. I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better daughter. Like I just think to sit back as an adult and say, well, this is just who I am. This is just what I am. I think that is such a cop out. And I think it's very, very cowardly, if that's a word (laughs) and just selfish. I think that it's selfish. I think that it's, um, it makes you, you know, like, where's your strength? Where's your power to move forward and be better? So That's just a little bit of a challenge, y'all. You know, like, I love to hear from you. What's something that you want to accomplish? Like, what's a goal that you have that you've been afraid of to take that first step towards? Like, maybe it's a financial goal or maybe it's like you want to build a house or you want to pay off your debt or you want to buy a new vehicle or you want to get rid of things in your house like I have been, you know, or maybe it's a physical goal or it's a goal with your marriage or a goal with your children or, a, you know, you want to take a special vacation or what, you know, something as minimal or as big at the sky's the limit, whatever it is. Like I would love to hear what you have been wanting to do and haven't done. And I would also love to hear and really support you in taking the first step steps, step, whatever it would be towards reaching those goals. So yeah, send me an email and, um, and I, I'm here for you. Like I'm cheering you on. I'm, I'm all about, um, people moving forward and making, making good progress. Speaking of emails, let me pull this up here. Listen, y'all, I know I always, um, I always want to promote my email, you know, and make sure people have it just in case there's anything that I ever say, which I know I do say anything that's offensive or that's frustrating. Like I want to give that as an outlet for people to email me, but I have never gotten an email until yesterday, (laughs) Sure. 40 episodes in and no one has ever emailed me. I'm okay with it. That's actually probably a good thing. Maybe I haven't said anything so offensive that someone has felt motivated to actually take the time to email me. But so I get this email and the the subject line is 26 years is a long time to hold a grudge. I was like, what the heck is this? So, but I don't know if you remember a couple of episodes back, I just want to give this guy a shout out with this email because it's so funny and so kind for him to send this to me. But, um, we talked about, I can't remember who it was I was interviewing, but we were talking about the DARE program and about how, and on my school, if you're not familiar, it's like a, you know, anti-drug, um, program for kids in elementary school. And in my school, at the end of that program, they would choose a student to give this like beautiful silky shiny coat with the dare emblem <laughs> and I wanted that coat so bad and I thought for some reason that this guy Matt had gotten this coat and I called him out and I was like Matt I'm still really mad at you like I really wanted that coat and then my friend Lee, who I have interviewed as well for the podcast she actually um, clarified for me that she was the one in fact who had um, gotten the coat and now I'm mad at her, so it's all it's all good, but anyway, so he wrote um, this is from Matt, the person who I thought had the dare code, but he did not <laughs> thankfully, Lee cleared my name in the dare jacket fiasco um like he said it's been a long time since I've talked to either of you It's actually I'm pretty sure it's been pushing twenty years. I don't think that um, I've seen Matt other than on social media, since we graduated back in 2000, if you believe that. Um, and he's, But he said that listening to that joint conversation brought him back to his Farmersville elementary days, back when life was a little simpler and a little less stressful. And I, I was like, that is so true. I just remember elementary school being really fun. And then I got into middle school and it got weird. <laughs> but... He said he found my podcast. I had changed my Instagram handle just to kind of make things a little bit more seamless and have the same name across all my social media platforms. But um, so he's listened to a couple of the episodes and um, he's adding it to his rotation for his work commute. Thank you so much, Matt, for listening. And he says, congrats to you for having the courage to step up and get this off the ground. Keep on rocking it. I just love this, you know, like I said, I haven't talked to Matt in 20 years, but I just want to say, like, I just remember him being so kind, so funny, so nice, and obviously, you can tell, like, that hasn't changed, this is a really kind and and just encouraging email, and thank you so much for sending that, Um, but yeah, so listen, he broke the ice, he sent me an email, don't let him be the only one, like I said, you can email me with your, uh, Tell me about your first steps and what goals you're, you're looking to accomplish. And, um, and I'll be here to be your cheerleader, not like an actual cheerleader because, you know, I'm a big girl, so you don't want that. But like, I was a cheer coach for a while, so I do know some cheers. So like, if you actually need cheers and I'm just kidding, I could do it, but what it's whatever, um, and you can also find my Instagram, It's podcast and send me a message there, whatever they call it, a DM, a PM. The only, the only messages I'm getting on Instagram these days is from creepers. So I would welcome a message from a normal person. The other day I woke up, I had a missed call from uh, Nigeria. Are you kidding me? This joker called me in the middle of the night and sent me text messages. Get out of here. You know what I think it is? I think it's that a lot of these scam type people are targeting, um, women that have on their like hashtags or on their biography, single parent. And it's terrible. Like that's terrible, but it's what it is. Like Nigeria, come on. And then he sends me a picture of his face. He's some old white guy. I'm like, really? You didn't even try. Like you didn't even try to look like you're from Nigeria, even though I can see it on my phone. Come on. Block. Goodbye. Delete. <laughs> I told a friend of mine, she was talking about the same thing about how she gets all these crazy messages. And I was like, I just report them. I report them as inappropriate. And um, there's nothing more and in- more satisfying than getting a notification that these idiots accounts are being closed down for being inappropriate and being spam. Um, and I do it every day. So you're welcome for any other single women out there for getting rid of some of these accounts. <laughs> I would suggest and recommend for you to do the same. So that's about it for today. I'll hear from you and I'll plan on talking to you next week. Thanks for listening and have a great, great day. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I pretty well, like I said, I'm trying to think if there was anything else on my in my notebook that I needed to say, <coughs> excuse me. I don't think so. I think I pretty well wrapped it up. I hit the high points at least. <laughs> if there's anything else, I'll just roll it in the next week and, uh, and we'll go from there. Have a great, great day. And, uh, I'll talk to y'all the next time. Bye.